This is Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. It's the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. I'm Mike Fleischman. That's Matt Mellomsetter. Hi. Hi there. We are coming to you live, not live at all, from the Loop Studios of Radio to Paul Sports in beautiful downtown Chicago. It's some episode in the 30s. It's up for debate which one it is. Don't don't currently care. It's post-Super Bowl, so we are officially now in the offseason here at Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Uh, the Super Bowl was a thing. I guess we're going to start with that here today. Sure. Yeah, sure. The Super Bowl happened, um, and Tom Brady and the Patriots won again. Bill Belichick outcoached another uh, coach, mm. um, as he's done year after year it's after year. It's been known to happen. Year after year after year after year after year after year. Um, <clears throat> uh, they're, yeah, they're real good. Uh, they're like a team that just doesn't give a shit about the regular season. They just kind of like don't yep. care. Like it doesn't matter. Like the first eight weeks like mean nothing to the Patriots. It's just them figuring out what they're good at. And then from then on out, it's just like, okay, let's get ourselves in a position where we will make the playoffs. When you play in that division. And then, yeah, and you're automatically and you're, make and it. And you're good. Yeah, you're automatically, yeah, the Jets, the Dolphins, are you kidding me? We got to play that division this year. The Packers got to play that division this year. It was a joke. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's silly. It's, 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 <laughs> it, it makes me think that the NFL should like definitely do a realignment of divisions or uh, spread some of that talent wealth around because the Jets and the Dolphins and the AFC East and the Bills, they need it bad. They are all m- messes of franchises who deserve uh, better general managers and better owners. There is such a disparity when it comes to the the quality of organization in the AFC East they they just take them apart every year it's three garbage and teams it's three garbage organizations i like to think that they like take robert Kraft out of whatever tanning bed is currently turning him <laughs> a sort of uh, about the color yeah. of this chair yeah. that i'm sitting on audio only medium so uh, uh that it's paints like a, a good kind picture of a for y'all yeah, yeah. Well, and and they put him into the uh, the owner's box and every year he, he and they just sh- they sit him straight yep. up and they funnel drinks into him until yep. he's a little bit too drunk, and then they send him out on the field afterwards. Can we get the seven white guys in sweaters that need to appear around him at all times? Yeah, uh, yeah. You play in that division, and you are stocked and you are healthy for the playoffs at all times. And then I don't want to short what the Patriots did against a very legitimately good team in the Rams. Yeah, because they did. They had exactly the right game plan. Yeah, to win in this game, and. They had a they had a game plan that was built to beat a team that was going to hold them for most of the game. Yeah. Like the the fact that it was tied in the fourth got to the Rams, but it certainly didn't get to Belichick and the Patriots. No, and anytime the Patriots like know that the game is close, they know it's over. Like Bill Belichick down the stretch is just outrageous. Um like Bill Belichick's like halftime adjustments in his 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 ability to make changes on the fly down the stretch in like the clutchest of situations in two minute drill type situations is just uh, it's never been seen before in the NFL. It's 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 special to watch. Rams had a couple of good ideas, especially in the early going. They were disguising their defensive packages. They caused Tom Brady to throw an interception on what was a misdiagnosis, which is rare enough for Tom Brady. But the fact that he was like looking for a receiver on a jump ball to the sidelines was rare enough for yeah. Tom Brady as yeah. it was. But he had a linebacker 
underneath, able to come and back up the play and get an interception on a tip ball. That was very good, but the Rams also could not move the ball in this game. Yeah, Part of it was that the Patriots had a good idea, something that I think that was very smart is that the Patriots were attacking the interior of the offensive line against the Rams, and they were trying to confuse their guards with with blitzes and you know, they and ran packages. like a lot of stunts and mm-hmm. stuff too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot of stunts, a lot of stuff coming inside, a lot of things where you give the guard an easy read, like a linebacker running up on him, and he, and the guard turns right, and then the blitz comes from the left. <laughs> stuff like yeah. that, which uh, apparently they had seen something on on the inside of the Rams line. And also the Rams are a team that likes to stretch sideline to sideline, so they're not a team that really game plans around having to deal with a lot of interior pressure yeah. because interior pressure frequently doesn't bother them because the play is already past whatever interior pressure yeah, it's, you're it's, putting on them. It's a, it's a zone run to the outside or it's a play-action pass, mm-hmm. and the play-action pass is, is designed to kind of make them think and give Goff another extra second to deliver that ball before the rush gets home and and... None of it worked. Yeah. Uh, Guy, Flowers, Hightower, all I think played the games of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. McCourty on the the back end. Yeah. Both the McCourties on the back end, I guess. Also, Sean McVay is a inexperienced head coach. Yeah. And he had a great team and he's done some good stuff, but he got played. Especially on the back half of this game, he really showed that he's going to need to make some adjustments and really show some growth if he's going to become a a good or stable coach in the NFL. Yeah, uh, and 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 regular season success is one thing, uh-huh. but like to win a Super Bowl in today's NFL, you have to go up against uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots because yep. the AFC is so weak. Um, I mean, Belichick does this to guys. Yeah, is This he, isn't a, a, a mark on Vic Vey of, like, get him out of the league. No, 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 no. You know, Like, you got played by Bill Belichick, you've just been, like, officially Welcome. inaugurated it, into the NFL. It's, it's, it, it's like coaches who are, are stubborn enough to be like, we're going to play our game. We're not changing anything. We're playing our game. Are the ones who beat Bill Belichick, like a Tom Coughlin, like people who don't necessarily think of Bill Belichick as this like iconic mega mind of football. People who have coached with him and been on his staffs, or he's been on their staffs, like Tom Coughlin and 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 uh, I guess Doug Peterson beat him just by being a crazy man. Yeah, um, by being bold, just by being bold, and, by letting Nick Foles be, and, you know, by letting Large Richard yeah, be, be large, large Richard. and Richard. Um, but like. McVeigh kind of didn't do what the Rams have been the most successful at mm-hmm. all year. Like he tried to kind of go away from some of the things that have made them winners in the past, try and like outsmart Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick was just not having it. Bill Belichick knew what was coming and knew what was going to happen and was prepped to shut down any kind of like 11 personnel that the Rams threw on the field. Rams, you were saying before I turn these things on, Rams are very good when they have two tight ends on yeah. on the field. When they have, and again, like this is what the Rams do when they have blockers who seal the edge. Yeah, and and they just did it time. They did it three or four times. I think it was. I think it was three to six times they ran twelve personnel, and it was effective almost every single time. Yep. It, it, like one of them was that should have been touchdown to Brandon Cooks in the back of the end zone where Jared Goff just hitched a little bit, and. The blocking was perfect. He had a big open pocket. He had time to deliver the ball. Brandon Cook's hand goes up as he cross as he makes his break on his his kind of corner 
not corner, post route. Like the play was well designed. It was there. The read was open. Goff just missed it. Mm -hmm. And the point is that like the formation and the personnel worked. And it was the only time really in the game that anything worked against this defense down the field. And they didn't really ever go back to it. Uh, They just kind of didn't do it and continue to allow pressure to get on Jared Goff. And when Goff is getting pressured, like he kind of breaks down um, and struggles a lot. And using that 12 personnel and the two tight ends kind of chipping on the outside for blocks was was really helpful when the Rams were running. Yeah, when you give Goff time, he's fine. But you can see already as a a a, a second or second year quarterback, third year quarterback, as a third year quarterback as a new guy. Yeah, young a young cat. You can see him already. Like he's not going to be mobile. No, he's he's getting slower already. No, yeah, he's he was slow to begin with, and he he's slow now. He's stuck in that pocket. He's not moving from that. Pocket. Right now, he's a fast Ben Roethlisberger. Yeesh. <laughs> I don't know. And and he is going to need clean pockets in order yeah. to be successful, and that's fine. Plenty of quarterbacks. Tom Brady it, needs a clean yeah. pocket. If you get pressure on Tom Brady, Tom Brady collapses and loses his mind. Patriots are just great at making sure that Tom Brady always has a clean pocket. Yep. Yeah. Another mistake was, however, whatever they were doing with Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson. Who knows? Uh, Todd Gurley, the report was that it was an injury, and then the media started doing that thing where they they got very cagey about it. Sure. I don't know. I don't know what it is with that cagey stuff that the media does. It was Mm. like, uh, sources are unclear about what's coming out of Los Angeles right now with the status of, like, okay, we get it. um, But then... McVeigh had two options, and I'm forgetting exactly what biblical story it is. I think it's King Solomon who, who, uh, when the dispute, there's a dispute over parentage, and King Solomon proposes cutting the baby in half ah, to sure. uh, to solve the problem. And yeah. uh, both both litigants doesn't sound like are, it would work. Both litigants are like, well, well, what? And the idea is to kind of teach them a lesson that yeah. like there are some situations in which compromise isn't the right thing. I think this was a situation that McVeigh faced. That was the worst analogy I've ever made. No, but we got there. We got there. And Uh, the point is is the point is that they tried to split the baby in half. Yeah. And it didn't and they got half a baby. Yeah. And well, they got no baby. Yeah, I think the Lombardi Trophy is the baby. Yeah. The baby is with uh, Bill Belichick. Um, Uh, CJ Anderson is in good enough condition right now that he could be a feature back for a Super Bowl team that passes the ball a lot. Yeah. He's really... He's a good blocker. He's clearly trying to turn the corner on a career that hasn't gone quite the way he wanted it to. Yeah. And it's good stuff is happening because of it. Mm-hmm. He was great in the NFC Championship game. He's been important to this team. You give him the ball with enough opportunities in the Super Bowl, it plays to his narrative. He's going to love it. He's going to give you a good game. If Todd Gurley is healthy enough and good to go... Give Todd Gurley the football. He's your featured back. Give it to him 20 times. Throw it to him 12 more. Yeah. Do your thing with him because he's... Get him the ball 30 times. He's an MVP candidate. He's awesome. And the Rams ran the ball like 18 times. And it... For a team that their entire offense is built off of the run game and the play play action that plays off of that run game, like it's, it's hard to completely change your scheme up to just be like an air raid throw the ball a ton style offense with Jared Goff when like that's not the quarterback that he's been successful as in the NFL. He's been successful when he's been able to work off of play action and work off of a run game 
that can be ball dominant and that he doesn't have to rely on making reads and having everything on his shoulders. And McVay tried to put it all on his shoulders, and it didn't work. He didn't look good. There are so many things that Todd Gurley can do for you on a football field. Even even in the passing game when it's not a play action, if Todd Gurley sprints out of that backfield, you have to send someone after him. Yeah. You have to assume that he's going to catch it and and be able to turn downfield. So all of a sudden, the middle of the field... Yeah, is open for those great possession receivers. Yeah, that LA has. They weren't able to execute that game plan. If if your game plan is you had to have, you had to have come into that game with a game plan based off of either it's CJ Anderson the human bowling ball. Yep. Or Todd Gurley the MVP candidate. Yeah. Two great nicknames also. Mm-hmm. Todd Gurley. Todd the MVP Todd the candidate. MVP. Gurley the second. Or is it third? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what year Jared a, Goff is in. It's either second or third. <laughs> numbers don't matter. Numbers do not matter today. What episode is it? I don't know. It was Super Bowl 53. Okay. I believe. Or L3. As oh, we saw on, on that's the what the L is. Okay. It's the only time that Roman numerals occur in, in our lives anymore. Is the, is Super, the Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah, I can't think of another situation. Um, clocks. Sure. Uh, what if you if you go to Rome? If if you go to Rome, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you'll see something there. <laughs> yeah, we we don't we just call them numbers here, yeah. son. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's how Italians keep track of numbers: is X's and L's and <laughs> M's. <laughs> First day in Chicago, I walk into a hot dog stand, and I'm like, I would like two Chicago-style hot dogs, please. And the guy behind the counter goes, we just call them hot dogs here. <laughs> I was like, all right. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I can see how that would go that way. <laughs> all right, yeah, I just want everything on it. Yeah. That's the why I said that. Chicago-style hot dogs, one of the best things I've ever eaten. They're so delicious. Going on, get to the fourth quarter of this game. It's tied 3-3. You give Tom Brady and the Patriots the ball, and all of a sudden the uh, the Belichick game plan comes into effect, and it's another aspect where I cannot believe that the Rams weren't ready for wide-out Gronk. Yeah, if Gronk splits out wide, it's... It's going his way. Like it's not going any other. They don't way. even have like a full playbook of plays. They have two, for wide out Gronk. Just, they have Gronk run slant. Gronk run straight. Yeah, Gronk run sideline. Gronk run inside. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Uh, if 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 you do not put the safety over top of the sideline route. He's going to throw up a jump ball, and Gronk, being eight foot four, is going to be taller than like whatever five foot eleven cornerback you have. Whatever little minuscule, stupid safety man you have, yeah. Gronk will make them feel like a tiny little boy, a child playing on a man's field. If you bring the safety over to Gronk, Edelman is running underneath on a slant route, and it's over. It's over. Yeah. This is very, very simple. Yeah, they <laughs> run it every single game. We've seen it. It's what got them to the Super Bowl. Yeah. We saw it and down the stretch. And it's what won them the Super Bowl. It's a city game. Yeah. They, beat, they have beaten two teams in a row using this. Yeah. For, and they've been using this kind of style of play for as long as I can remember. It's part of the level. Belichick genius yeah. in that this is not their game plan. Like They do not run Gronk as a wide receiver in the second quarter. No. They do not. Like A lot of the plays that they use to win games are not part of their normal offensive scheme or pattern, <laughs> but they are rehearsed enough 
and practiced enough to be able to bring out uncommon things, one-off kind of things. Yeah. That's what's so impressive about Belichick and the Patriots is that that doesn't start on Monday in practice. Yeah. That starts at a general management and player scouting level. Yeah. Because you need players who are going to be able to execute one-off gadget-style plays. And, like, lining up Gronk as a wide receiver isn't a gadget, but the Patriots love a gadget play. The other thing about Belichick is that he's a free thinker for as much of a for as much of a stodgy old uh, old guy curmudgeon as he comes off as. Curmudgeon-y football historian. Yeah, he'll do it. He'll do anything. He'll run a flea flicker on third Mm -hmm. down. Like, he doesn't care. He'll he'll run a double reverse option pass. Sure. Sure. If he thinks it's going to work, yeah, yeah, he'll do it. Yeah, if Um, he thinks it's going to exploit some weakness of the defense or create a matchup problem, he'll do it yeah that kind of thing starts front office that kind of thing starts before you draft someone yeah is is knowing that they have the ability to like learn all of these different kind of offensive styles that the patriots run because they change so much like week in and week out like they belichick does such an incredible job of working different players into the scheme and like changing the scheme as the year progresses to fit their personnel this year versus the year before and everything it's it's outrageous it's it's special to watch it's a mastery in in roster building in roster construction in scheme execution coaching and everything and it's funny because it sort of runs contrary to a lot of what we think about what makes the NFL good right now. Yeah. Like if you were to ask me, hey, Mike, why is the NFL good right now? Like my first answer would just be me screaming, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Like for about a minute. Yeah. I wouldn't get Do to you the, want to try that out right now? No. Okay. I wouldn't get to the part where I mentioned the Patriots probably until like minute 10 when I was running low on ideas. And like, oh, and there's also a, a, a team from around the Boston area that wins a lot. Yeah. It's not exciting. Especially as a as a fan. Like I'm sure if I was a Patriots fan, I'd I'd love this. It's probably good for them. But as just a casual football fan and also like they're from the AFC like I don't care about the Patriots unless the Packers are playing them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think about the Patriots. Yeah, their 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 win loss record and whether or not they have a good system out there is usually not germane to anything I think about, but they're not exciting. No. I made sure every every game I was looking for the Chiefs highlight capsules. Yeah. I was yeah, when they started when they started Lamar Jackson up in, in yeah. uh, Baltimore, like I want to see. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, I want. I want to. Uh, these are things that are exciting in the league. And Patriots aren't exciting. They just they know, just execute. Gronk catch ball. Yeah, Gronk yeah. catch ball. Brady throw ball. It's it's and I think it's kind of the Patri- I think the Patriots have gotten less exciting kind of as Brady's mm-hmm. aged. I think like in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Yeah, you bring in Randy Moss, and they were super. Brady exciting. still has an arm. Yeah, and now Tom Brady, not very good. No, Tom Brady just smart. Tom Brady not confident. Tom Brady confident. Tom Brady smart. Tom Brady not good. Oh, Tom Brady not able to make many throws. Um, but they still like win. It, 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 they still he still makes the throws that they need to make it, to score the only touchdown and win. Like it, it's. Tom Brady can still throw that 10-yard out. 
every oh, sure. single time. He can still throw that five-yard dig every single time. He can still throw that three-yard spot every single time. He's not going to throw a 20-yard. Oh, no, no, no. He's not throwing a 20-yard post. No way. He can't do that. But he can throw a, he can throw a 10-yard out. Accuracy, accuracy has not decreased. No. Within his short his short range. Yeah. Um, and this is, it's not even quite late period Manning, where Manning was coming off of like what I think they like put another spine in him yeah. or something. And they took the spine out of, of Papa John and put it into Peyton Manning. Good. Um, yeah. That's, that's where, it's that's been, where Papa John It's wins. been evident for the last three yeah, years. He's, he's, uh, <laughs> he's my favorite football villain, Papa John, Papa John, because he is an idiot who is not aware that he is an idiot. Yeah. No, he doesn't exist anymore. He's like gone. Now. He has, he like did a bunch of racist stuff. He has no idea how stupid he is. He did too it's much amazing. And, no, um, he's, he's, he's off the planet. He lost his spine to Peyton and cheeseheads in Chicagoland would like to know right now that all. we do not know how much coke Papa John has or has not so done. So much, probably. <laughs> so much. And everything is purely speculation and certainly falls under some legal thing that prevents us from being sued. Uh, <laughs> are you Googling? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so certain he got like caught for cocaine. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> that would... There is... But it's getting back to Peyton Manning, who's I think his association with Papa John is my least favorite thing about Peyton Manning. Yeah. And there's a list of things that are my least favorite thing about Peyton Manning. Um, there was one Papa John's where if you ordered extra olives, it meant cocaine delivery. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, I guess I don't I'm know assuming if, he wasn't in the building when that was. He was, was going probably on. not in the building. What was Papa John's name? Um, the Papa of Pizza. John the Papa of Pizza. What is, what is John Schnatter? Is his name. All right. I think. That's a crazy... I'm not going to try and spell that name. <laughs> My larger point about Peyton Manning is sure. that even after that, you, you had a guy who was a cannon arm long ball thrower. Yeah. Who was coming into a period where he was... His talents were diminishing, but he was a cannon arm long ball thrower whose talents were diminishing. Uh, Tom Brady is a check down uh, slant route kind of yeah. thrower. His deep ball was... Utilized very well, but it was never like weapon one in his arsenal. Yeah, no, it, it, he was able to throw the deep ball pretty well in like '07, like in that season with 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 Moss and them. But really, since then, it's kind of uh, been eradicated from the yeah. Tom Brady arsenal. And there's there's a couple of kinds of deep balls that are are very good. The 50-50 deep ball where you kind of throw it where as soon as you know that you don't have safety over top, yeah. you throw it up and a little behind yeah. and let the receiver stop, turn on it, and come back a bit. Yeah. That was that it's was funny. a very Brady deep ball. Yeah. And and if you have guys like Gronk, you can throw yeah. as many times as you want. Yeah, Randy Moss, Randy Moss is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. For doing that. For doing that. Yeah. It was either Culpepper or Brady throwing him those yeah. that got him there. Dante Cole. We never hear about Dante Culpepper anymore. Yeah, thank God. Okay. <laughs> I hope he's okay. But I, 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 I'm glad we don't hear about him because I think if we heard about him now, he'd be doing something bad. Yeah, we do never hear about him. I just, he crosses my mind every once in a while. Like, this guy was sort of, he was, a, you know, a villain if you're a Packers fan. Sure. He was a good quarterback for a while. And then yeah. wasn't anymore. And then was very bad yeah. in, like, Miami. Was he a Washington Redskin as well, or am I thinking of someone else? I think he was. Yeah, okay, no, I think he was. I think I think he ended up being like all over the place. 
I think he because he was in he was in Miami for a while. He was in Detroit. I think he may have had a Detroit spurt. He was in Oakland. Yeah, he was in Detroit for two years. He was in Minnesota. He was in Oakland. He was in Detroit. He was in Miami, Oakland, Detroit, Minnesota. Okay. I was wrong about him being a Redskin. My apologies. I was thinking of Rex Grossman. Oh. Yeah. Another yeah, another NFC he was, North quarterback. Yeah. Who went somewhere else. Yeah. yeah I realized who, who, who that was. Who never had a good face. No. Dante had a good Dante face. Dante had a very good face. Dante had a pretty good face. Jeez, he threw 39 touchdowns one year. Yep. He yeah, was, he was he good was for you. Good. Yeah. He had weapons. Yeah. Those those Vikings teams were pretty good back yep. then. They they haven't had a phase where they were truly awful for a while. No, they've they've you, managed to stay relevant fairly effectively. Yeah, for a a, a decent a decent amount of time. I mean, they've not been like Detroit Lions bad in a while. They've not mm. been Chicago Bears bad in a while. They've been fine. Cool. All right. I want to take a little break. I want to talk a little bit more around around some Super Bowl stuff and also some general league and sports stuff when we come back. But that's our thoughts on the Super Bowl. Mainly have a plan for Gronk. Yeah. Have a plan for uh for Big late man. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of look at look for things from Belichick and then save your save your timeouts and make sure that you have make sure that you're paying attention to personnel packages on the Patriots yeah. on defense because if they are going to run something weird at you, it's probably something that you can react to. <laughs> like, yeah. Especially like the Gronk at wideout thing. That's because as Brady's effectiveness diminishes, the we- the weirdness factor has to go down within to like what he's capable of. Yeah. But the Patriots, they pulled it off fantastically. Yeah. Uh, they, right at the end, yeah, dramatic they, fashion. They are, they are the, they're the Chicago Bulls of the nineties. They're yeah. they're getting everything everything right at the moment. Although Bill Wennington is not involved. Damn, that's my only Bill Wellington. It's my only Beef Wellington reference for for today. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back with more nonsense on Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Hey, it's Cheeseheads in Chicagoland, the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. Mike Fleischman, Matt Mellomsetter, right here with you. Um, Post-Super Bowl, things are going to probably settle down a little bit now that we are officially in the offseason. Yeah. Our uh, our episodes were we were doing pretty good on like once every two weeks during yeah. the boring parts. So we'll be a little bit more sporadic through uh, through the rest of the spring here until we get around to uh, to really draft time and the the real off season movement. I don't know if we wanted to talk at all about the uh, the awards given out at the national level for the NFL. That stuff doesn't really ring my bell very much. I didn't pay attention at all. I just saw cool. the uh, uh, Pat Mahomes won MVP. 
Did he? Possibly. Okay. Yeah, I, I, can't, I couldn't tell you for sure. Yeah. I did see the the um, Aaron Rodgers um, winning moment of the year for beating the Bears. Yeah, the big. Bar. That was the moment. That was my moment of the year as well. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, that was pretty great. That was pretty. Uh, that was pretty fun. That was pretty. Uh, I. I. All I want out of this right now is I want my voice to be cut off. Uh huh. And I just want the the soundbite of Aaron Rodgers going, "My knee is my knee," coming up. That's it. <sighs> Um, when he's all hopped up on the painkillers in the after-game interview with Aaron Andrews, it's just like, what happened? <laughs> he was stoned. He was so high. Uh, I mean, as as a human being who has at times been high, that man was so high. <laughs> that man was so high. Uh, yeah, he was crazy, but um, a good moment uh, to beat the Bears. Yeah. It's always fun to beat the Bears. Have uh, you ever been just straight up given a shot of morphine? No, it's wild. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You can. You feel like you can do it. Actually, I'm sure I actually had something after I broke my nose. I had some nose surgery. I'm sure I had okay. something after that. I remember being in the car and being like, I feel like I could jump out of this car and fly right now. <laughs> like I feel like if we stopped and I got out, I could take off like I was Superman. Um, is that what your experience on the morphine was like? I was. I was in a in a situation where I was experiencing. They ask you to like rate the pain on a one to ten scale. Mm-hmm. I was experiencing a ten. Oh no! At the time, what and, happened? Oh, I was having a major gallbladder attack. Oh, that's yeah. what caused me to have my gallbladder taken out of sure. my body through sense. surgery. But I was in the ER, and I'm not I'm not a, a visible pain guy. Like if I'm in pain, I'm not going to be like ah. Yeah. I'm just sort of going to sit there and be pale. But they're finally like. Are you in a lot of pain? And I'm like, well, honestly, yes. I'm in an <laughs> extreme amount of pain right now. And they just straight up gave me a shot of morphine. And they, they just wheeled it out into the, the waiting room of the hospital. They, they just <laughs> they wheeled me back to the waiting room where my, my wife was. And at that point, like I had I had sort of left. I was still on my feet. Yeah. You know, walking and ambulatory. They wheeled me back out there in this wheelchair. And apparently I turned to her and I said, They gave me a wheelchair. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I see. Yeah, that's what I had. That's that's about what I had. My knee. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers was real high when he won that game, and he beat the Bears. Yes. Uh, stoned off his butt um, and won a moment for it. Uh, that was that was by it. far my favorite Aaron Rodgers moment of the year. There was a yeah. lot of pain and sadness. Oh God! I in this year there were a lot of Aaron Rodgers at a podium, sort of like with a bad facial hair choice, going. Gosh, I don't know. Yeah. So uh, uh, it was good that a good moment shone through. You know, it, it, that was such a way to start the year because uh, I was immediately like, God, we're done again. <laughs> and was was sure that our lives were about to be over as Aaron Rodgers has a torn ACL and is out for a second year in a row. Um, and then he came back and did that. And it was like, who are you? You're a maniac. You're a superhero. Yeah. It was it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen on television. It was, yeah. Down 20. Khalil Mack had, like, done things to the Packers. Like, he had sort of Indiana Jones and it the Temple of doomed them. Yeah. Like, just sort of reached in and took the heart out. And then we beat him. It was good. 
And then the rest of the season happened, and it wasn't so good. It wasn't great. Um, I'd like to compare the rest of the season to Maroon 5 at the Super Bowl halftime. I'm a music guy. We have to talk about this a little. Okay, yeah. Um, Well, one thing I want to get out of the way first is the SpongeBob thing. See, you you have to put this a little bit in context because I, I have listened to Travis Scott's album... Is it Astro World? Yeah. I've listened to it and found it to be like a decent pop album yeah. that I'm not particularly into. Yeah, it's fine. But I don't know anything about Travis Scott outside of the fact that like he's a bit of an auteur in that he kind of does his own work. Yeah. Sure. And I, that, I, th- I think he's very similar to Kanye West in the way that he doesn't really do any of his the stuff. He just Brings the people in to do it for okay, them. Okay, so it's a bit, it's a bit more outsourced. Yeah, it's it's a lot yep. more outsourced and kind of like the late period Kanye. Okay, so. so my impression of him was slightly off then. Yeah, because I, I I thought Astro World was kind of his brainchild, kind of come out of him entirely. But I I don't know his links to SpongeBob or what. I also have I've seen ten total episodes of SpongeBob in my life, and while yeah. they've all been incredibly enjoyable, yeah, I'm not at all encyclopedia. So here's the deal with that SpongeBob thing is. Uh, there, somebody made a meme once of there's a Spongebob epi- episode where they play the halftime of like some big game it's supposed to be the Super Bowl and they play a Sweet Victory I think it's the song and somebody made a meme short video on the Twitter and it crossfaded into sicko mode and it was a big joke and it was funny and it got like a half a million retweets and so uh, Travis Scott so then the NFL acted that out took that and incorporated it into their halftime show um, and Mike, I just want to ask you, do you think that that man who made the content got paid? I, I believe he's dead. No, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. The man who made the, um, the, oh, the meme, the, the meme. Yeah. The meme that they no, probably, took and, probably not. Yeah. No, he didn't because he didn't. there's, we don't really actually have intellectual property laws on memes on, on Twitter yeah. anymore. So he didn't get paid. Nope. Um, he didn't even know it was happening. Um, <clears throat> so that was, that was my one thing. How do you copyright a meme? I don't know. Is Boy, it possible? That, that, I just started a different podcast titled, yeah. How Do You Copyright a Meme? Uh, <laughs> could go a hundred episodes. Yeah, it really could. Um, yeah, so that was that was my only thoughts. I thought that the Maroon 5 thing was insane. I That was, that was the oddest thing was, I've ever seen in that I felt like we were coming face to face with the fact that Adam Levine's conception of himself is deeply different yeah. than what he is. Yeah. I mean, Adam Levine clearly thinks that he is a human being that can like stand in a three-quarter shot on camera and look good, be sexy, and sound good, and he cannot. No. And I was really God, sort man. of struck by by like how clearly his idea of who he is is not. Correct. It is. Yeah. No, because was... he looked he looked like a sort of a dead fish. The, the did you see the his dance? little sexy swing? Yeah, the dance they did. That's it reminded me poor. so much of the Kirk Cousins, like when Kirk Cousins yeah. does his like warm up swing on the sidelines. Like it, it didn't look like it was a real dance or anything. It looked like he was. It was weird. Um, big boy, big boy came out for like half of a song. He did. Why? Uh, why? Because it's Atlanta. Yeah. And you have to, after all this stuff about yeah, like being, it's a, Atlanta is, is one of the, the 
centers of black culture in yeah. America and also the world. And you need, if you've just recruited the single most vanilla band on earth, yeah. which is Maroon 5, to play the Super Bowl because you are looking to shy away from any possible controversy at all, you need to mm-hmm. put uh, put some some guys out there to lend legitimacy yeah. to it in yeah. a way, which is cynical. I, I don't I don't want to like implicate a big boy who's a good rapper in in in, in, NFL in politics. like NFL politics. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think there's definitely something political there. That was my thought. Was like yeah. it, it felt like it was a a. a a play to the community that was like completely non-genuine from the NFL. Yeah. And there's, there is, is a, and it it plays on like a level of Maroon 5's music, which is also like a lot of it is, it's pop. Yeah. But it's based on, some of it's based on soul. Some of it's based on rhythm and blues. Like a lot of it takes a certain like sound and swagger and like thing and then turns it into pop music. This is not yeah. a new phenomenon and Maroon 5 did not invent this nor are they the worst offenders sure. at it even in modern times but there's a I'm going to turn put my academic hat on here for a minute. Okay. Uh, there's an essay by Bell Hooks called Eating the Other which yeah. is about how white culture consumes other cultures and regurgitates it as and and uses it as a spice and then regurgitates it and makes it mainstream by incorporating it usually through theft and there that there are major like you know economic and cultural dominance factors that make this possible mm-hmm. and it's actually then a tool of like cultural hegemony to yeah. do this yeah and that is I don't know if you have a better example in early 2019 of that no. than Maroon 5 and no. the Super Bowl no. halftime show. Yeah, no. Uh-uh. In that Maroon 5 gave America a very safe way to have a little spoonful. Yeah, of Atlanta flavor. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Not get any of the real stuff. Uh, yeah, no, that's great. That's that's so much fun. Yeah. Um, and just a shout out to, uh, to anyone, if if anyone would like to read some uh, some cultural crit and some theory that is as readable as any popular article or fiction is. Bell Hooks is one of the most gifted writers Mm -hmm. in that field, and I can't recommend her enough. I think, um, this is a weird point, I think I read that exact same article, I think in the same class as you, I think we were in Media and Cultural Studies together. Were we? Yeah. Yeah, we probably were. You sat in the front? Yep, I did. uh, Zach... Yeah, with Zach Campbell. Zach Campbell. Shout yeah. out to Zach Campbell I sat, too. I sat in the very back. I saw him um, like a few months after that class. I said, "Hey, how are you?" And he didn't recognize me. Sure. And I was like, "Cool. See ya." <laughs> yeah, we we uh, he's he's gonna end up as like he's so smart. Yeah, he's gonna end up as a very cranky old professor someday because <laughs> yeah. he yep. was mostly there and yeah. he's far younger than I am. Yeah, he's very cranky. Yeah, as uh, a young man. And uh, Zach Campbell, if you ever catch catch light of the soundbite that. <laughs> I am not saying that to you in a way that wants to disparage you at all. That was one of my favorite classes in in yeah, college. I love that class. So that was yeah, <laughs> that was that was really good. It's a and a great a great piece. To yeah, me. you let me you let me uh, you let me just analyze the Super Bowl in a in a way, but uh, I, I don't I don't know. There was the commercials were interesting because there were a lot of robots in them. Yeah, um, 
Uh, yeah, the world moving towards robot town now. Yeah, um, I was it. I was in LaGuardia a few months ago, and you know what the police were? They were robots. They were robots. They were little robot police. Were, were those those little Dalek looking fuckers? Yeah, they like roll around and they have a camera in uh-huh. their chest. Cool. And they're like we are recording you. We are recording you. We are recording wow. you. And they just kind of roll around. And they're just everywhere. There's like there was like three of them just like out on the pickup table. Like I had to dodge them. I was like, real police don't. <laughs> bump into me they just want to kill me <laughs> and really it took a me. dark turn in the second half Woo! because you can't talk about the super bowl halftime show <laughs> without bringing up some cultural issues yeah, because no. the super bowl halftime show was cultural issues <laughs> just writ large yeah a lot of a yeah. lot of robots a lot of robots in in those commercials and i think that's I think it was somewhat telling in that you know you had a, you had commercials for for what are essentially surveillance devices except for corporations instead of the government. Yeah. Like kind of making making a self-aware joke about their their own We're listening to usage. you. Yeah. Like yeah, we know. You know, we know. We, we listen we all, to every word yeah, you say. We know this already. That was strange. Yeah, don't do that. It, it's strange when 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 people just straight up acknowledge that we are living in the notorious hell world future. Yeah, it's, no, a terrible dystopia. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a very odd odd moment, right there. Um, the founder of Barstool Sports got kicked out of NFL when of the Super Bowl multiple times. Oh, should be. The thing is, like, I he probably should have been arrested the second time. He was at least put into like a special Super Bowl jail yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, this is another guy, and like, I'm just going to continue my my society complaining of like I despise barstool stuff yeah no i it's terrible it's it's really it's really good and it since they are a pretty large media company at this point they have plenty of talent that doesn't fall within their like general like their general chauvinist thing sure a few i think a few pieces of talent and they can't even they don't get to stand on their own because they are going to wear the barstool mantle yeah. forever like you're not going to see some of their talent ever be able to come out of it clean no because clearly from the top down they are idiots yeah i mean this is this marshall is the company that uh sam potter who works at the e, who works at espn she's a, a, a like an analyst there um <clears throat> i don't know i don't remember if she wrote a report or if she just talked about it about like sexual harassment at barstool and like the attitude is kind of perpetrated in like their office environment um and like the sexual harassment and kind of the bad touching and all that kind of stuff um and instead of uh you know like reacting to it in a normal way and being like we're sorry we're gonna try and clean this up uh portnoy the king of the barstool throne um launched t-shirts with Sam Potter's face on them um, with like 
Pinocchio noses or like red noses, like she's lying, um, and sold them and made a profit off of her face um, for outing them for like sexual harassment and sexual assault. Being a weird, aggressive, reactionary, very cool, I guess. And then sicked like all of his fans on her yeah. and they like doxed her, yeah, very, and, like, very attacked neat. her on the internet. And um, so, yeah, if uh, you fucking suck if you listen to Barstool and give them any attention at all, you are a, you suck, especially if you think that you have like some kind of liberal politics and then also listen to barstool like um cross section doesn't work it it doesn't and it it brings me to a, a weird juncture where like as a guy who is quite left i want to like I don't want to cancel everything, sure. but I will cancel the heck out of I Barstool. I want Barstool canceled like fucking nobody's business. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yep. sorry I'm cussing, but yeah. they suck so much. That's okay. I just, I just marked the, uh, I checked the explicit box cool. on this podcast Great. now. We are an officially a cursing podcast Woo! now. I try to like, I'm what? very much like a PG-13 movie in that yeah. like, I want to save up one good F-bomb and drop yeah. it real nice. Yeah, we can go back to non-explicit when the season rolls around. Yeah, maybe. We don't have anything to talk about. Yeah. We got to throw a few customers I've in there. Talk about barstool. If we want to hit our length, our 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 length designation for the show, we got to fill it out with a few cuss words. I was just like, I think the main thing that got me got me to deal with this is that like getting arrested by the NFL and thrown into Super Bowl jail. Yeah, is just exactly what this guy wants to have happen. Yeah, and like it's a funny joke. Yeah, it's a it's a fun joke. It's fun to do. Like. Roger Goodell, who like in any candid shot of him whatsoever can only appear surrounded by 13 other white guys wearing yeah. ties. Uh, you know, like it's not like that's not putting him on blast. It's not putting him on notice. It's not like you're not fighting the power of the NFL when, no. you know, because Portnoy is like being dragged off by security shouting, I thought this was America, which is just like you are not challenging anything. By doing this, you're just like making a mockery of yeah, like other a, people's like people spend their entire lives working to get to this point where they can ask like serious yeah. questions at the Super Bowl on media day. And you come up and you're like, would you abort baby Hitler? Like, don't ask Jared Goff that fucking question. Like, nobody cares. <laughs> Please don't. Like, we, we, there's like real people doing their jobs. Like, bro, it's, it's bigger than you. Stop trying to take all the attention of, of everything. We don't need that. Why does he also look like a m rugby player from the 1920s with like waxed too much mustache credit. curl and such? Too much credit. That's too cool. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's too cool. Rugby isn't he cool. Like a, he, took, he looks like a little rat, yeah. man. Okay, like, like just a... Just as a yeah, my sidebar is that rugby is not cool now, and nor sure. has it ever been cool in any way. Uh, <laughs> there's a controversial opinion. Sure, I'm from, saying that no matter me. even if you don't think it's ever been cool, that's yeah. still too cool of a, of a comparison yeah. for uh, Portnoy. But who is waxing their mustaches in 2019? What's going on? Can we ah? Uh, yeah, can cancel mustache canceled. wax. Yeah, <laughs> canceled. Uh, I just. I think the thing that gets me about Barstool is that, like, there is still a way to, like, have fun and be irreverent yeah. and do all this sort of, and to, like, have a fun company that isn't, like, because I, I want to avoid everything being self-serious. Yeah. 
because I'm not self-serious. And I, I even about things that are serious. Sure. Like you do not need to be serious at all times. And like there is a place for an irreverent sports media company. Yeah. That still like treats people well. Yeah. <laughs> like you can treat people well. And not have to be like serious or like there's not a, a, a no, there's not a sports media company as big as Barstool that cusses. Like it feels like right. a lot of the allure of Barstool is that <gasps> uh huh they can cuss oh, when they, they said talk the about f word. They can cuss when they talk about football players. Yeah, no uh-huh. way. I like this. And then they're also they like, talk like I talk. And then they're also like making profiting off of like. People who accuse them of sexual harassment and sexual assault in that office. Yeah. There's got to be. It's like vice, too. Yeah. Like, there's got to be a way to be, like, irreverent and go places without one of your founders ending up as a literal Nazi. Yeah. There's got to be a way to do that. Just it. <laughs> Dave Portnoy is morphing into Gavin McInnes, by the way. <laughs> you with the of- mustache and all that garbage. Oh there's got to be a way for there to be an irreverent and fun media presence without it being without it being barstool because so many people fall into barstool because they're the sports company what says the f word yeah and especially like when your audience is younger like that is impressionable yeah and there's nothing wrong with saying the f word when talking about sports (laughs) sure we say it all the time yeah I but it's the most common word out of my mouth when I'm watching the Packers yeah but like we can do it without ruining lives. Yeah. yeah, we can do it without ruining lives or pushing reactionary garbage. I, this isn't, it's a more milk toast example of it, but one of my favorite NBA properties for a long time now has been what has become the starters on NBA TV. It's just a talk show. Sure. It started as a podcast. They did like a video production. They're Canadian. Mm-hmm. They are irreverent. They have a fun time. They have since become much more, yeah, put together and media friendly, you know, as as they are now on the NBA's own network. Yeah. You know that it has it has been a transition towards respectability, but like the reason that they were cool is because they had fun and they were irreverent and they they joked around and you know the, the they made jokes and they ended up like finding a real audience and getting, yeah. you know, doing something really legitimate and it just it wasn't based around being garbagey so that's 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 my thing i don't know why i brought up dave portnoy barstool but i think i've i think we have kind of made our our crusade against barstool at least pretty clear yeah no i think that was that was good that was that was good i don't know what else yet we're about we're about in an hour we've gone we've driven the train off the rails and into a residential neighborhood and left it in smoking ruins (laughs) we parked it yep we parked (laughs) that car in someone's driveway this is not a reasonable place to park (laughs) park my train wherever i want Uh, yeah um it's the off season now so uh Packers will report on uh, April 1st. We get two extra weeks because of the new head coach. Cool. So uh, with the floor hiring, Packers get two extra weeks of uh, practice before every other There's NFL There's team. a new special teams coordinator. Great. He comes from a college. His name is unknown to me. It's not Ron Zook, so I don't yeah. care. As long as it's not Ron Zook, I don't care. He will most likely be be better, Is is my hope. It's too far down. The yeah, it, it happened. It happened too far, far away ago. 
That's that's the right words. That's I I don't I don't. You can look it up if you want it. I don't, <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you. Uh, Sean Menenga. There it is. I will tell to you, Sean Menenga. Sean Menenga is your new special teams coordinator. Everyone clap because it's not Ron Zook. Oh, Ron Zook. That's that was amazing. Another guy and. Another capers-ish figure who outstayed his welcome by a solid two and a half seasons. Yeah, well, by about yeah, I would say more than that. I, okay. think, I think Gaper should have been on like twenty twelve. <clears throat> there you have it. That is gonna that's gonna do yeah. it for Cheeseheads in Chicago Land. I have to end it before we <laughs> say some other before garbage. we say something else that that I have to edit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't tell you anything about who we are. Um, I'm on Twitter at MP Fleischman. He's on Twitter at Mel and Setter. Um, I am. We are on Twitter at Cheese Cagoland, the world's most dormant Twitter account. It's like, it's like a big old volcano. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, do it's it's still there. Um, follow Wait. us. Follow our Facebook group. It's called Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Um, thank you again to uh, to all the folks we had on our roundtable last yeah. week those are those are some of my favorite things to do uh on the podcast and just in in media in general is to get a whole room of people together and ask them questions and see what happens it's very fun so thanks Hami rain thanks ryan witry thank you adam shalafu from all the way over in in great falls it's uh we we had a good good cross-section of stuff adam shalafu one of the one of the most Chicago Bears knowledgeable human <laughs> beings yeah. you'll ever encounter. Yeah. Yeah. And also one of the greatest Chicago Bears optimists yeah. you'll yeah. ever encounter. Like immediately after double doink happens, he's like, Super Bowl next year, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's just just Mitch Trubisky MVP. Immediately snaps to it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's it's truly amazing. The uh no negativity allowed in no, Shallow Food's light. None. None. So thank you guys very much for for that. Um we will we'll be we'll see if we can be back next week. Sure. Um Oh, I should tell you about tell you about like sectionals and stuff are coming up in my in my day job. I am a uh, non irreverent and very buttoned down and responsible uh, sports broadcaster for the regional radio sports network. Uh, go to rsn.com, check out boys uh, high school action there. If you are into Indiana high school basketball, which you should be because it's incredible. We're having a lot of fun doing that right now. So uh, so check that out uh, if you want some coverage of high school and small college basketball in Indiana. And uh, you doing anything? I am doing some things. Um, in about a week here, uh, I, I will be releasing a podcast along with um, Radio DePaul Sports and uh, <clears throat> 14 East, which is the student magazine publication here at DePaul University. Um, we are co-releasing a uh, nice little podcast about kind of like what's what's the experience and of going to Winterest Arena and who goes to Winterest Arena? Winterest Arena, the big new. I have gone to Winterest Arena, fancy, expensive uh, arena that the Paul Blue Demons built, and uh, no one goes. So why do people go? Who are they? What personality makes someone take the bus to the Winterest Arena to watch a bad basketball team play games? Um, yeah, so we got that coming out, um, along with a few other Radio DePaul sports podcasts. Ryan Witchery will be releasing a soccer podcast um, where he kind of goes into the depths of <clears throat> one team a week. And then uh, I'm also pulling out sports ball as a podcast. So we'll be going Excellent. over the history. That, that deserves, going that, over the that history deserves of a, a new life. Um, over the history of not just the sport, but the ball and how the sport has evolved around that ball. Um 
So yeah, that's what I that's what I've got coming up. I played bocce ball on the beach. Ooh, in, that would be a great in uh, Cancun. So yeah. I would like to I'd like to go into the history of bocce ball, particularly like the little ridgy lines that would be that good. are on the ball. Why, what is what do those do? There? Why yeah. are they, why are they there? Why indeed? I want to know. Tune into sports ball, <laughs> and maybe I'll tell you about it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, we might learn something about balls. Uh, this is Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. This is a fun episode. Yeah. Um, a lot of weird things happen. And uh, until the next time we are Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Uh, stay cheesy, baby. All right. 